on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Shep talked about new user-generated reviews making their way to Google Shopping. Greg covered what new video changes in Search Console mean for you. Shep broke down some of the best that Nextdoor has to offer. And Greg shared his new favorite archaeology gif. It's surprisingly relatable. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal podcast network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Christine Zernheld. A.K.A. Shep. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on October 11th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. This week's show is brought to you by Optio. Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time in high-level strategy and creative work, whatever you feel like, Shep. Optio analyzes your Google Ads performance and suggests new ways you can optimize the account. It helps you stay on top of bids, budgets, keyword management, and ad testing. And they give you almost everything over at Optio. One of my favorite things is the alert about adjusting location bids. So if you in your Google Ads account have specific locations that you're targeting, if Optio has some ideas on how to raise or lower a specific location, you could hop in and say, oh, Texas is not really performing. I'm going to take that minus 18%, click on through, and Optio will make that change, not just recommend it. And I love the negative keyword conflict reporting, which seems like such a basic thing. It is 2019. Microsoft Advertising is doing it, and Google can't give that to us, so Optio does. And it's awesome. It identifies the conflicts, whether they're in a list, at the ad group, or campaign level, and you can click a button and apply them to your campaign right there and fix the conflict right away. So right now, Optio is offering a special six-week trial only for listeners of Marketing O'Clock. Just go to optio.com forward slash marketing o'clock to get started. It's usually just a month trial. Marketing Clock listeners, six full weeks to try it. Hop in there, see all the recommendations, and then be on your way if you choose. That's optio.com forward slash marketing o'clock. All right, Shep, what's in the news this week? First up in the news, Google began showing user-generated images in Google Shopping product reviews this week. Retailers on the, as Greg likes to remind us, pay-to-play. Mm-hmm. Pay-to-play platform can now include review images and product review feeds. To start using this feature, all you need to do is sign up for Google product review rating program if you haven't already. And Google also has updated schema documentation, which Matt Southern links to right from the Search Engine Journal article, which we will link to in our show notes. This seems like a pretty easy thing to set up and will be awesome for people using Google Shopping. I just, I hope that the users out there have better images than some of these retailers. I didn't look at the examples from the article. Were they Not bad? examples from the article, just examples from my life. <laughs> like, I think they've kind of fixed it lately a little bit, but Zara, when you try to, sh- it's a clothing retailer. I think I've been in there. Really? New York Zara, the yes. The real one? Okay. 
Yes. When you're online, they have pictures of models. You could be buying a dress and it'll be a woman like wearing the dress with a jacket on top. She's like bent over half in the refrigerator. There are these <laughs> lifestyle shots and you have no idea what you're buying. Oh, my wife has that. I think the fridge dress. <laughs> so I, it could be awesome for people to upload images of the dress. So you know what it looks like. Or I was on Wayfair recently trying to buy a wardrobe with like shelves and hanging space on the inside. There's all these wardrobes with no pictures of the inside on them, only the outside. Well, that's all that matters. No, right? I need to see <laughs> what I'm buying. So maybe if users can do a better job than the retailer is, I'll be more likely to buy. I love yeah, this. Yeah, and I actually think for from an Amazon perspective, where I think Google is going with this, Amazon does a great job encouraging people to put pictures up there. And I think that that's why Google is making this push towards product reviews is to be able to compete, right? What, How good is Google Shopping? You just mentioned you have to be paying to be on here. You might as well have some extra value. And if you can make it easy for people to review products, that's great. And Google is pushing this big time with Google Ads. If you've got a feed, Google in the recommendations will say, you are not fully optimized. You need to go ahead and put this code on your thank you page with uh, pass all these parameters in so that people can give you reviews. And by giving you reviews, I mean giving Google reviews. Some good recommendations from Google. It's kind of rare sometimes. No. Go to Optio <laughs> if you need a good recommendation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. Next up is some big news for webmasters with video. Google has two new reports in Search Console to help you learn more about your video's performance. And that report is called Videos. Nice. To no one's surprise. But we'll, first off, you can see errors and warnings. So that's one of the big things. If you've got video errors in any of your markup, or anything that's going on, you can find that in Search Console under the Videos tab. And there's really three main places where you can see video views from searches, essentially. And one isn't really a search, but it's search results, video search. So if you're searching for something on Google and you hit video results, that's different. It's going to be a different set of results. And then Discover tab. So all that now will come into Search Console, which is cool. You can see the performance by breaking it down by type. So you can see Discover, Web, and Video as well. In order to be eligible, you need to be using the video object structured data. So if you are not using that, it will not work. And head over to our show notes or marketingclock.com to get all the links and over at Search Engine Journal, they break that all down for you. One thing that I thought was a little bit contradictory when I was looking at the example, this was from an actual Google blog post announcing this. One of the searches that they gave, and this was not an image or a video search, this was just regular Google search. The query was Google Webmaster blog videos. And the image they used showed videos from the JavaScript series in 2019 creating an SEO strategy from 2013, something from all the way back in 2010, oh, no. and then something with Matt Cutts in 2011. But Matt Cutts, in kind of a weird purple background, it says, new webmaster tutorial videos, August 9th, 2011. Yikes. I thought we were supposed to be updating these things. Yeah. You know, and not saying that things are new and keeping things relevant and here's an example. Hey, Google, update your stuff. That's not new anymore. 
That should be 2011's Webmaster tutorial videos. I do like the fact that they actually, you could tell this is an actual screenshot because it's messed up. <laughs> you know, it's not like they, they hacked some stuff together. Yeah. So that's cool. All right. And that does it for the main news this week. It's now time for this week's take of the week. This is a spicy hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra sauce served up for you. We simply serve up the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take comes from Jennifer Slag at Genstar on Twitter. Jennifer penned the following tweet. Pro tip. Just because Google says you don't need something to rank well doesn't mean you should just remove it from the list of best practices for your site. If it is still helpful or useful to users, your actual audience, you should probably still do it. And I think when she says pro tip, she's being a little sarcastic because this seems like something we should all know, like user experience should be first in mind. So it's kind of funny that people don't even consider that. I like the pro tip. That's how you know. Yeah. Hey, get it together. Do what's right for people. (laughs) Who cares? But you don't have an opinion. I have an opinion on this. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely have an opinion on this. It's fantastic. Thank you, Jennifer. It's a great take. All right. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, a.k.a. paid, and Greg covers the organic, a.k.a. Non-paid. Here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, Microsoft Advertising, the platform formerly known as Bing Ads, is saying, us too, they are also getting rid of accelerated delivery. All search, dynamic search, and shopping campaigns on the platform using accelerated delivery will switch to standard on November 1st. Shep, any guesses as to why this change? To make things easier for advertisers? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> it's because Google did it last month. That's the only reason. How are you going to import yeah. things if it's not apples to apples? So it'll make things a little bit easier for the import, but giving up some control. So we have some more news from Microsoft Advertising, who announced some changes to manager accounts this week. As of Monday, October 7th, new Microsoft advertising users will automatically have manager accounts when they sign up, whether they plan to manage multiple accounts or not. Yes, because you never know. Sometimes you have side projects or different products within a company that have different budgets and need to be tracked differently. You never know. Set it up now. It's not going to be a huge burden on anybody. I love this. This Mm -hmm. is great. So they have more news on that. They're introducing hierarchies to make connections between accounts and manager accounts. This is an open beta and you can fill out a form if you'd like to be a part of it. And this basically means if you're an agency that takes on a client with their own manager account, which is going to be everyone soon because anyone who signs up now is going to have to have a manager account, this is going to be a lot easier. And finally, they announced an open beta for sharing UET tags and remarketing lists across accounts from the shared library. All news that sounds good for agencies, I'd say. The one caveat that I have is that last part you talked about, about sharing UET tags. For agencies, that's really cool. You're right. But what if you're a customer of an agency and you don't want that shared? I know there are many companies out there that say, oh, we deal with car dealerships. And we have competing people in the same location. I wouldn't want my my code shared with a competitor. 
I guess I'm just being selfish and thinking of us who would only handle selfish. this the right way. You're very selfish, yeah. But yeah, I guess there could be some sketchy results out no, there. No, I, I agree. I think overall it'd be good. I, just, I do like the control or the option of control to be given to that actual account to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to share this with my agency or not. And we have some next door news this week. We don't talk about them a whole lot, but next door introduced new local deal ads for small businesses. Pricing is impression based and depends on the number of neighborhoods targeted and the population density of those areas. Next door says competition will not impact pricing. And these ads will appear in residence feeds on business pages in the business section and in search results. So in the headline, they said they were kind of search and display ads, which is an interesting way to look at it. I don't know about yeah. that. So I do want to talk about Nextdoor for a minute. Because okay. first of all, it's October. We need to all remember the best part of Nextdoor, which is the trick-or-treating map they have. I didn't even know they had that. Yeah, you have to add your house, and you can say you're giving out candy. You can also say they have all these different allergy options you can say you're a part of. Hmm. So you're not giving out nuts maybe. And then there's one where you're not giving out food-based treats at all. Whoa. I, I don't know what you'd give out. Pencils. Yeah, I don't even know. Pen- pencils. <laughs> Pennies. Okay, you can just put that as the avoid so, these houses yeah. filter. I'm so sad for those kids. <laughs> but then I also stumbled upon the best of Nextdoor Twitter, which I haven't looked at in a while. It's great. It's amazing. Okay, so I have a couple really good ones. Here's the first one. Seeking Corgi for one hour. <laughs> oh, boy. Yikes. Does anyone have a Corgi I could borrow for an hour or two Saturday evening, May 19th? It would be from 6 to 8, or it can be earlier or later, shorter or longer. It would be for a royal wedding viewing party. <laughs> what? And the Corgi would receive much admiration and care. Do the royals have corgi pets or something? Yeah, Queen Liz has, she loves her corgis. Who's Queen Liz? Queen Elizabeth II. She has, she always has like four corgis at a time. She loves them. Okay. So that must have been last year during the royal wedding. Okay, then they have this poll series now for people who can't figure out polls. What? This is amazing. Okay, poll. How do I change the name of my Gmail address to include my husband's name? Don't know if I'm in correct category. Poll option one is <laughs> what are pool choices? Because it must have said pool choices. <laughs> pool option two is what the heck? <laughs> Sounds like they listen to our show. Okay, last one. Two kids on each other's shoulders wearing a raincoat trying to buy beer. And this is to change the emoji or to the profile picture? What do you mean? What is the poll for again? Oh, trying to change her Gmail address to include her husband's name. Oh, okay. I don't know why. You I don't understand to what do. that was. <laughs> I guess you want, you want a couple Gmail account? I don't know. What do you think about couple Gmail accounts? I guess it could be good for like the kid's teacher. They don't have to CC people. It's better than a couple Instagram, that's for sure. Well, what else is next? Okay, so we have some core news this week. That was quite the tangent. Court announced three new targeting options for advertisers this week. The first is keyword history targeting, allowing advertisers to target users who have previously read certain sets of questions. The second is gender targeting, which is interesting. I didn't realize they didn't have this already, and I think it's weird to add it now. For certain pro- products, yeah, it makes sense. And, they, and definitely does not make sense for certain products, right. like employment or housing. 
And they specified that you can't use it for those categories in particular, but I feel like more could be added to that. There's a lot of gray area. And they specifically say in the press release about this, maybe you want to use different messaging for male and female audiences, which I feel like is getting into a little bit of spooky stuff. Yeah, and as an agency, I'm going to tangent off here now. Whenever any of that happens... Everything is directed by the client or the client understands. I think that that's mm-hmm. really important. You see a lot of these mistakes coming, and I don't know if the company actually knew what was occurring. I don't know if they actually knew that there was gender targeting going on. So I think that's some, really good to open that dialogue up and make sure people know what you're doing. Be honest with them. In, in one example, we are targeting something in a certain age, and we're trying to target people in the working demographic. And we went pretty broad, mm-hmm. and they said, no, let's dial it in. But they got the choice to make that decision, which is important. Because if they end up in BuzzFeed because they're targeting a certain age demographic and that's not right. kosher. Yes. And it wasn't agency, for jobs yeah. specifically. Just my example I'm talking about, it was for a specific conference. They made the choice. Is an agency, don't make that for them, especially as you now can see a lot of the targeting that's going on in mm-hmm. general. So end rant there. But if you want to use it, you can now use it on Quora. And finally, they added browser targeting so you can target specific desktop browsers. Next up, Google Ads announced this week that advertisers can now set conversion actions at the campaign level for video campaigns. Yay. Yeah, this is awesome. And it's available for search and display campaigns. As most of our listeners know, we reported on it in the past. And now you can do it for video as well. Finally, TripAdvisor Connect was announced yesterday. This allows advertisers to run ads on Facebook and Instagram that will use TripAdvisor audience profiles and Facebook's ad inventory and targeting capabilities to run co-sponsored ads. That's amazing. That's a mouthful. But that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. So the audience profiles that they have, a couple of examples from that they got from TripAdvisor are beachgoers and outdoor enthusiasts. I would probably have one for ghost tour enthusiasts. Oh, yeah, that, well, you'd be on that. Yeah. I really like to go to other cities. I feel cities. like Jess would be on that, too. She, probably. She went on a prison tour in Philadelphia once or something. Oh, yeah. She, like, slept in a prison. She <laughs> did, like, uh, whatever that's called. Scared scared straight in real life. <laughs> Not really. It was like an old abandoned prison. Prison tour. Into a B&B, Airbnb yeah. or something. So the profiles have been built using TripAdvisor's Facebook and Instagram followers in addition to more than 490 million unique monthly users that visit TripAdvisor's website. And the ads are going to appear on Instagram and Facebook with the TripAdvisor logo and the name of the company advertising. So it's kind of interesting that they're kind of getting free ads with all these ads. I love it. I love the creativity. (laughs) I love that they are trying to offer this up and still make a buck. But in in reality, it's great for everybody. How can people complain about this? I'm waiting to see one in the wild to see what they look like. And as I said, they're only available on Facebook and Instagram now, but... In the article, they mentioned expanding this into other platforms, so we'll have to keep our eyes open for that. And that is it for paid this week. What's going on in non-paid? All right, this week in non-paid. First up, Google My Business was seen in the wild supporting GIFs on mobile. And I couldn't get this to replicate, but Andy Simpson at NDYJ Simpson on Twitter found an example with Starbucks with a coffee drop going into a coffee. But it wasn't even a Starbucks cup. No, that's why I don't understand. But it went into their My Business and the GIF worked on mobile. If you care about GIFs, 
and it will help your business. Check it out. It just got me thinking about GIFs in general. And I saw a GIF recently that really, I don't know why it made me smile so much. So, Shep, I'm going to let you click through and click on this GIF. And tell me if it's good or bad. I can't tell. I'm scared. It's loading. What? What is that? I don't understand. I couldn't stop watching it's this gif. Archaeologist. It's an archaeologist trying very daintily to wipe off the dirt and, and silt off of a skull. And then immediately a ham, somebody takes a hammer and smashes through the head. I feel like half the time that's what I, we're doing here with clients and things like that. We're like, all right, we've got this all prepared. We've got this ready to go. And then somebody just smashes through this with a hammer. Head over to Marketing Clock and see this GIF. Is this a good GIF? It's Shep? a sad GIF. And I asked you before if it was a business GIF and you said no. And you turned it into a business GIF. I, I guess so. I just That's what I think of is... is this poor soul is just brushing with a little teeny paintbrush or a toothbrush, the skull, all the dust off, and then somebody just smashes it with a hammer. It's really sad. I don't know why. I just couldn't stop watching this. You're like, oh, it reminds me of the, uh, I'm trying, Jennifer. You should man. add that to our Google My Business. Yeah, we'll add that to the Cypress North Google My Business. Okay, next up, Bing has announced that they are adopting Microsoft Edge as the Bing engine will run JavaScript and render web pages. What does this mean? Well, there should be less fragmentation. And, and what I mean by that is the ability to run through JavaScript better, understand pages better, is that uses the, um, the open source Chromium project. So hypothetically, this should be a big step for Bing to understand more about some of the complexities that could be hidden and aren't necessarily easily identifiable in the HTML. So Bing will now be doing this. Google has already come out and announced this. So now that Bing is going to be able to run through and more easily identify items in JavaScript, Chip, should we not care about regular fundamentals and just put everything hidden in JavaScript or fragments or however we want? I would say we should still care about fundamentals. Yes. Listen to Jennifer Slag. That's why she was the take of the week this week. <laughs> do what's right for people. Just because they can do it doesn't mean they're going to do it well. Make it easy. It all comes back. We're trying, Jennifer. Love it. <laughs> I love that, CJ. Okay. And now next from The Verge. It's not really from The Verge, but I'm going to get that in a minute. Okay. Instagram's following tab is going away this week. RIPs following tab. But before I get to it, I guess, do you know who broke this article? Yes. BuzzFeed. And so we like to try to identify with the source of everything. But they have gone insane over there. Everything is more clickbaity than the next. Did you read the title of this article? I unfortunately did. And I swear, I think it wasn't originally the article title. I think they changed it. Everything is taken up to it, it they grant cordon 10x to every article that you have <laughs> the name of the article that buzzfeed actually came out with was horny people you're free instagram's following tab is gone it, it wasn't stopping them before and i'm going to continue the byline no longer can you cringe while seeing your friends or co-workers thirsty late night likes somebody really was yeah unsavory and biased too you could also see 
if somebody was out there, an NBA player, let's say, and they're liking stuff from a certain team and they're on the market. That's not unsavory. Yeah. It, it was can interesting. Be, it can be used for good is what I'm saying. Or it was fun when um, Bachelor people, the show would still be f- filming and you know when they were getting kicked off because they'd have their phone again and they'd start following people. Oh. And you'd kind of figure out if they're single or not and if they're following guys or girls. It was very interesting. We, and that's gone now. You need a forensic podcast, Shep. Hmm. We need to get you on that. But anyway, it doesn't, doesn't have to be about yeah. creepy unsavory stuff so shame on you buzzfeed now we're reporting it from the verge (laughs) but so the following tab is going away it is ending this week so if you like that now all you're gonna be able to see is people at the activity that occurred on your account you're not gonna be able to creep on others and twitter's having a lot of fun with this people are tweeting really funny things about the following tab going away oh i haven't noticed and it's better on twitter than buzzfeed they're supposed to be a news organization next up google is testing search results without URLs. Why? Great question, Chef. I have no idea. I don't understand what's wrong with the URL, but if you check out the article, you can see there's the name of the company and the breadcrumbs as to what page it's on. So I don't know why people don't like URLs. I I love it. And also, I I would imagine it's got to be really hard to police the name that people put onto a page in your favicon. Oh, yeah. It seems like this would be ripe for phishing. Mm-hmm. Let's say I am some scammer. I rank well for something. All of a sudden, I change my name to Amazon, and I change my logo, and now people think it's Amazon, and they can't see what URL it's going yeah. to. That seems insane to me. I don't understand why people hate URLs so much. I guess they're hard to read because all the words are together, but it tells you where you're going. It's, it's an address. Yeah. yeah. People need addresses. It's a real thing. And the other thing, there's a lot of criticism about the fact that people think Google might be doing this because then nobody's going to use URLs anymore and you're going to have to type things in and then it's going to be more ad revenue. And I get that a little bit. I don't know. But if you don't say URLs anymore and they're taken away from Chrome and there's no Chrome URLs anymore, again, that was a test or a conversation from earlier in the year. And then there's no URLs anywhere. You would have to just start typing words in. What else would you do if you don't have URLs? I guess that seems so far off. <laughs> That's how it, it sounds all like starts. a scary world. That's how yeah. it all starts. It seems so far off. Whoa, it's here. All right. Next up, the Supreme Court allows blind people to sue retailers if their websites are not accessible from the LA Times. And Shep. This is frightening, Mm -hmm. this article. So the justices turned down an appeal that Domino's had made on a ruling from the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And that ruling was holding the Americans with Disabilities Act as protecting access not just to restaurants and stores, but also to the websites and apps of those businesses. So that was upheld. So Domino's now now can be sued. The Supreme Court upheld that ruling. Does that that make sense? Yes. Okay. So the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and business groups had actually appealed that ruling because it's going to lead to some major problems, as as you might expect. So what will happen with this ruling is Domino's is going to go to court over the fact that the website was not ADA compliant. I believe this specific claim was not 
app-based. It was website-based. That the order a pizza option, the site was accessible, but the order a pizza option was not accessible, I believe was what had happened. So if now your site is not ADA compliant, which is a lot. It's really hard, right? Any image you have, you have to explain it. Any video you have, you have to explain it. So that has to be somewhere so that it can be accessed. So any text on the image and the video, you should explain that if you want. Sounds to. like it could be someone's full-time job, just keeping oh, ab- your site absolutely. compliant. That the absolutely could be because anything that exists has to also be chronicled essentially and made accessible. Mm-hmm. And then I don't even know how on earth you could do this for apps. I don't even understand how you could do it for apps. Let's say you're Warby Parker and you've got the app about putting glasses on your face. How can you make that accessible? To a, how can you make that accessible to a blind person? You can't. I don't uh, like what if it's a game? What if it's a game you're a company and you have an app that's a game? How do you make that accessible to people? You need to be on the Supreme Court. I mean you could be playing a game like Grand Theft Auto. What are you going to say? Oh, you turned right you picked up a rocket launcher and you shot somebody's grandma. How do you make everything accessible for people that can't see? I don't know. I want to hear Nina Totenberg talk about this on NPR now. I'm very interested. Okay. I'm, uh, who, who's, what show is this? On NPR, Nina Totenberg. She's the Supreme Court lady. She covers all of it. <laughs> oh, She's okay. so lovely. I like how I asked who it is. He's just repeated the name. Nina you don't know Totenberg. Nina? <laughs> no, I don't know Nina. I like it's a yeah, first name basis with Nina. Yeah, I know all the NPR people. Um, oh, Neens? Yeah, we're on a nickname basis, me and me and Neens. She breaks it all down. She makes it easy to follow. Okay, well, listen in and give a report back. Next week, we'll hear what Neens has to say. <laughs> right, and lastly this week, Bing has launched a new content submission pilot, which allows publishers to not just submit URLs, but also full content and images. So you can now submit those images of your content and your content right to Bing. They don't have to crawl it first. You can just submit it. And again, that's building off of what had come last year, I believe. And that is it for our lightning round. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard. Or hardly working. Where we talk about what is going on in our IRL work. Good. Bad. Or otherwise this week. Shep, what's been happening with your accounts lately? I have another gripe about Facebook ads again this week. They drive me crazy. This time it's about rules. I think rules are awesome. And on Microsoft and Google, they make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And they're very user-friendly. And the fact that Facebook ads does not have an option to set a rule to run just one time is so crazy to me. You can set it to run forever, essentially. It says lifetime, which why would you ever do that? Once a week. Or you can set a daily schedule based on days of the week. If you want to have a campaign turn on or off one time based on a rule because it's a seasonal campaign or whatever reason, it's super complicated to set up and you have to do it in the conditions. And I've messed it up multiple times. I've seen other people on our team mess it up. They just need to be more user-friendly. Yeah, and Google rules are great. They do a fantastic job for as much stuff as we give them sometimes. I think they do. Those rules are phenomenal. Facebook could take a lesson by just stealing that entire process. Get it together. And I've got something that's working too hard that it's hardly working in my accounts. And it's about the disaster that is pay for conversions with Google ads. 
case you don't know, that's where you're not paying on a click basis or an impression basis. You're paying when a conversion comes in. Sounds good, right? Wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's actually good. I, lo I love the thought of it, but there are so many issues with it, mainly this week with budget. If your budget is X, you may think, hey, this is just like any other Google Ads campaign. My pay for conversion campaign can spend 2X because you give that flexibility now. Wrong. So pay for conversion campaigns can spend over that two times the threshold of the daily budget. And this can be a big problem. We had a client where we were getting good conversions coming in with this, but it went way overboard, 5x a daily budget before noon. And according to the rules, this is acceptable. So something you should know, it might be a place where a rule comes into play. You have an hourly rule, and you can pause a campaign if mm -hmm. it's going nuts like that. But there's a lot of granularity to why this can occur. Check out the show notes. Basically, if you change that daily budget, you see something happening, you change it, everything's reset, and you can never get your money back. It's a lot. Basically, every time I've tested it, I just don't sleep. You know, Yeah, you can't ever <laughs> it's sleep. It's just scary. You just wake up, set your budget, set a rule on your alarm clock to ring every two hours. <laughs> Wake up and check. No, yeah, it really, if you, you would want to have some kind of rule if you're running pay for conversion. It's at that point, people. So check out the show notes. But you can spend over 2x your daily budget. I did not think that was actually the case. i got to go back and do some sleuthing around. Maybe I'll get you on the case. You're good at that. Okay. I'm on it. All right. Now it's time for this week's WTH. WTH is a hack-worthy comment that is extra egregious from the digital marketing space and this week's article comes from buzzfeed it should be themselves for the title they give that other article <laughs> but this week's article is called these amazon choice sellers are bribing customers for good reviews and in the article buzzfeed talks about the fact that some sellers are offering gift cards or freebies in exchange for five-star reviews and Amazon is taking these folks and recommending their products as Amazon's choice. Have you ever seen any buying of reviews or somebody trying to goose the reviews with you? I don't know what you mean. Do I, like, I catch feel like, bad reviews? I feel like one out of probably five things I buy on Amazon that aren't like an Amazon product, people come back and message you or there's something in there to say, get a free one if you review this. I have never seen it. In I get that a lot. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know what it Maybe is. Maybe I'm, I'm not looking on there as much as you. I get, yeah, I get it all the time where people are saying, get five stars, do this, do that, do the other thing and sign it in, take a picture and you get something free. And I think about it all the time and I never do it. Mm -hmm. So for me, it doesn't work. But that's the thing is people aren't leaving fake reviews anymore. Amazon cracked down on that pretty good. What they're trying to do is to tell people if you leave a review, you take a picture of it or you send it in, then they'll give you something free. And that's still against Amazon's terms of service. It's just harder to detect. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things in this article was the fact of how one of these companies was trying to get the reviews. It was for a phone case for a Galaxy S10 Plus. And the image showed the case 
and some instructions on how you can get a $19 gift card for free, which would basically make the case you bought free. Mm-hmm. And on there they said, you need to sign into your account, find your orders, leave a product review. You have to rate it five stars. And then you have to email us with your order number and you have to take a screenshot of your review and we send you $19. And then there's a funny picture of a sticker that says, please try not to post this card picture in the review. So they must have had problems Thanks. with that in the past. And so guess what happened? Sean posted it in the review and gave it to BuzzFeed. It's really funny. That's funny. I just, first of all, the whole scheme they have going on, they don't say what kind of gift card it is. And he makes it clear in the article that it's not a good phone case and it didn't deserve the reviews it was getting. So why, if you get a crappy phone case, do you put up a bad review to get a gift card for another crappy phone case? You have to put up a good review to get another crappy phone case. You don't put up a bad review. If they said it was an Amazon gift card, I would understand, but... It could just be a gift card to this crappy retailer. Yeah. Seems crazy to me. I've had related products where I bought something and they're like, oh, here's something else related. We'll send you as soon as you do steps one, two, and three. I have never seen that. I get it all the time. I don't know. I'll have to take a picture of it. So Maybe they're I'll messaging you through Amazon? They send you the product. In this case, as somebody who's trying to be a blacksmith, I bought a knife sharpening kit. Oh, that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> And they said, if you submit a review, we will then give you this specific jig or something like that for a knife. For a knife. So it was something related to the product saying, once you do those three things, submit it. We'll then give you something related that we know you're going to like. So it wasn't necessarily about like a hacky phone case. It mm-hmm. was something that may appeal to somebody buying that product. How about you as a retailer – make good products for the incentive of getting good reviews. That would just make That's more sense. That's too easy, chef. <laughs> That's too easy. Why not just do the hard thing? Make something terrible and convince the world it's not terrible. It's also hard for me to comment on this because I'm one of those people, I would only write a review if something really, really bad happened. And it's only happened like one time, but I don't write good reviews. I'm either really good or really bad. I should write good ones more. You should. It goes a long way. I feel, mm-hmm. You feel really good afterwards. Too. Okay. You're like, oh, I'm not just such a negative Nancy the whole time. It's like, I'm out there and I had a good time with this. Yeah. All right. And that brings us to this week's cool tool. As a reminder, our cool tool is not an endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something that we found in our travels that we think may be of use to our listeners. And our cool tool this week comes from Moz and it's a domain analysis tool. All you have to do is enter any domain and they'll spit back competitive SEO metrics. So some of the ones you can find are most important pages based on page authority, top linking domains based on domain authority, discovered and lost linking domains, estimated clicks from keywords, and top search competitors or sites that rank for the same keywords is your domain. And what's really cool about this is not only is it absolutely free, but you can enter any domain. So you could do it for your own website or your competitors. So this is an awesome tool. As I said before, absolutely free. Get out there and check it out. All right. Thank you, Moz. And that's Moz.com or go to our show notes. And that brings us to this week's must read marketing article of the week. An article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. 
And this week's article comes from Katie Kirchner from Seer Interactive. And she has a blog post called 18 Ways to Diagnose a Decline in Organic Traffic. And Katie takes a look at some of the possible factors out there that could be hurting your organic traffic and why you might be seeing those dips. She looks into seasonality, increased competition, decreased visibility or keyword ranking shifts. And one thing just to show some insight as to what Katie gives, let's look at decreased visibility. She talks about compare search demand. And she says, using monthly search volume from Keyword Planner and search impressions from Google Search Console, you can determine if there are more or less searchers searching for topics your site covers for a specific time period. She shows an example of the impressions being down. Not the position, but the impressions. So that you can determine, yep, this is seasonality. This is not a ranking issue. So I think she does a great job being very sensible about it. Also talks about technical errors, what to do when all else fails, and takeaways, what you can do as a marketer. So thank you, Katie. And that does it for this week's show. If you like podcasts, and I know you do, there's a great new podcast over on the Search Engine Journal show where Danny Goodwin interviews Aleda Solis. It's a pretty long, pretty in-depth interview. If you like anything to do with international SEO, this is going to be your jam. So check it out. Head over to Search Engine Journal. And if you want a t-shirt or stickers that are really rad, <laughs> head on over to Marketing Clock. You can get a link over there. We've got a giveaway with a bunch of stickers to give out and shirts. If you are so lucky, you can even choose three different designs. So head over to Marketing Clock and get that link. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you, Optio. Remember, head over to optio.com slash marketing o'clock for a free trial. Not just a free trial. Six weeks, absolutely free. You can't get that anywhere else. Nope. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. This week, we're playing everybody's favorite game, Two Kinds of People, where we list something off, and there's only two answers, two kinds of people, a binary decision. All right, Jeff, you want to start this week? Sure. I have one that we have to do while the vegetarian is on maternity leave. Uh-oh. <laughs> Chicken wings, drums, or flats? Oh, you were just talking about this. Wow. Flats. <laughs> I'm drums. <laughs> really? I'm drums just because the ease of it. The thing I don't like about the drums is the flab. Every now and then you yeah, get that cooked flab. That's why I don't like them. That's too much. But the process of the flats is a lot. But the meat's better. Yes. You get so much fat on the drums. I just, if if the drums didn't have that flabby cooked part, you know what I'm talking about. That yeah. little crispy, crispy like nub. Cartilage. Nub. Yeah, it's super nubby. 
Good thing the vegetarian isn't here. Yeah, very good thing. <laughs> if the nub wasn't there, everybody would be on the wing, but I can see the flat argument. To me, you just can't eat easily with one hand. I like eating things with one hand. That's why I like the wing. Eating chicken wings in general is disgusting. It's I gross. agree. I just am aware that I'm Shove disgusting. Shove the whole thing in your mouth and... Just, Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, just eat the bones, right? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. They just shove the whole thing in there. <laughs> just swallow it. I don't it. know how you eat chicken wings. <laughs> you just pop it in. I eat it kind of like a chipmunk. You spit a bone out? You spit it I, I just eat around the bones. All right, like what about you? I like flats. Okay. There's also two kinds of people if you call it single or double, but we could save that for another day. If you call it single or double or drums or flats. I don't think I've ever thought of this. No, drums and flats. All right, so for me, there's two kinds of people. There's people that live for breakfast and breakfast food. And people that think breakfast food is okay. Two kinds of people. I'm the second kind. Oh, I think I've been living my life as a lie for 20 years, and I've finally come to the realization that I don't love breakfast food. Wow. I don't either. Pancakes are too sweet. I don't really like maple syrup. What? It's just too rich. Like you I can, can like, have a, see Canada from here. I know. <laughs> but I can have a bite of like French toast, but I would never order it as my meal. I love a good eggs Benedict, but that's really it. I don't like scrambled eggs. I don't like eggs. I only like French toast and pancakes, waffles, but it's really sweet and heavy. Yeah. I don't crave it. And then you go to other countries and the breakfast is meats <laughs> and granola. Beans. Flats. And beans. Flats and granola. It's what kind of breakfast is that? No, I'm with you. I'm, I'm the same way. I think we're all in agreement here. Oh, but we all agree. the people that say they want breakfast at all times of the day, you're psychos. Yeah. You don't, mm, you don't no. want pancakes at 4 p.m. That's disgusting. And I really am unpopular for this, but I don't like bacon at all. Oh, I love bacon. The only appropriate time to eat breakfast food is Sunday, late, at, late morning, early afternoon. After church. Okay, hope rules. With the parents. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, my next one. When you are tipping, do you round your number and make it a whole even dollar? Or how do you do it? That way or the normal person way is basically my question. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, no bias there. Uh-huh. Okay, so are you the person that rounds it to an even number? Now, are you talking about the tip or are you talking about the total? Some people try to make the total an even number, and that's just so much math, and it sounds like a great way to ruin a wonderful meal okay. out. I don't understand. It depends that. if I'm playing, paying with credit card or cash. If it's cash, I round. If it's credit card, I just do. Yeah, I, I just do 20%, and I put the <laughs> amount on there. So I think I fall into a rounder, but for the wrong reasons. I round the tip up to a full dollar amount, so I can add easier. Yeah, I do so that. I, I take the total. And it's ten dollars and fifty cents. Then I say, "All right, I'm going to add three dollars and make it thirteen fifty. So my math is easier. I make my math easier on myself. So I round my tip up, and I don't care about the actual yes, total. That's exactly what I do. People that try to hit a total, you're out of your mind. You're doing multiplication, division, and subtraction and addition all at once, right? And you're not thinking about the server. You're making it about you at that point. You're that's making so it about true. what shows up on your account, comes out of your pocketbook. <laughs> Not about what they should be making. So shame on you. Don't Nobody should be doing that. I guess unless you're going up, but whatever. Oh, yeah. If you're going up, <laughs> go all day. <laughs> Tip everybody, folks. All right. And the last one here this week, there are two kinds of people. There are people that 
like getting pictures taken of them, and there are people that don't. People that cringe and try to hide every time a camera comes out. Two kinds of people. This is a Greg Finn, two kinds of people. There's some gray area here. I'm okay with it. Wait, oh, I like how you I just don't care. gave me my whole version of two kinds because of people. You, you just slandered me. You besmirched just, my name. You're always just out here judging people because you don't post on Instagram. I don't think this is a gray area. <laughs> yeah, I guess I like pictures of myself. I don't mind it. I just figure that's who I am. That's what I look like. I have nothing to hide. That's me. Oh, I thought you were going to be the other one. No, I don't care. Like some people, you try to take a picture and they're like, oh, no, no I don't want to be on camera. No, I'm going to shy away. And me, it's like, okay, yeah, that's who I am. That's what I look like. I can't change that. It's no. a representation. It's as actual of me as you can be taking and capturing. That's me. That's, that's me. I don't okay. understand people are like, oh, can I see that? Oh, let's retake. No, you took a picture of me. That's Okay, that's because me. there's different angles that make you look better and make you look worse. But so if somebody comes up to that's you on the wrong angle, life. are you like, oh, don't take it from my left side and no, my right side's the good one? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I don't say anything because I don't want people to think I'm conceited, but I'm thinking it. And candid, when people are taking candid pictures of you at work or whatever, we, we have these situations here sometimes, I get a little uncomfortable, but I'm not going to say anything. Oh, yes. In the office, there's many times where I've taken the camera out. Video's worse. Nobody wants to do video because they're like, I don't know what to do. And it's just, just do what you're doing. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be hard. Maybe because you're a part-time I'm, videographer. I'm a videographer, so I'm in the camera all the time. So I'm used to it, whatever. But, but don't you notice that some people, they see you coming and then run away? Yes, it's so annoying. Okay, so you're not one of those kind of people. No, I'm it, not. No. It's a camera. It's not going to It's you. you. That's the thing. It's you. It is actually taking you. Yeah, I, I know. I don't know why people are bothered by it. It's a self-confidence thing, right? I don't know. I have one more. Do you want it? Yes. Yes. Okay. People who have backup cameras on their car... There's a bunch of people who just don't trust it and look behind them anyway. What type of person are you? What are you? A, do you have a backup camera? No. But you've driven a car with one, right? Yeah. I always turn my head. I guess it's harder when you're not used to it. 100% always turn your head to look over your shoulder. You see more from the camera. No. You can see all the way to the ground. No. You see so no. much more with the no. camera. No, no, I no. look left and right this way, but I never... When that, you're changing you lanes. I'm like... I look left and right, but I don't like, you know. No, no, I, no, no, no. I look like a fiend every time I'm doing it. I reference the backup camera. I use it as a point of reference, a point of data. Yes. But I look left. I look right. Even when I'm turning, there are cars that have a little light or indicator that show when there's something there and yeah. when it's okay to turn. Yeah. Do not trust it. Yeah. I don't trust the machines. Yes. I need to see with my eyes. I need to yes. verify. I need to confirm. If I make a mistake, <laughs> I want it to be on me. You need to turn you need to lift your back off the seat and you need to turn your whole shoulders to look over. Agree. Yes. I love my backup camera. No, 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 no. All right. So if you see Shep driving, watch out, folks. <laughs> Only if I'm backing up. <laughs> Only if you see those reverse lights on. And we will see you next week.